0: doki anime podcast i'm pop and i'm in saint paulson welcome to the show today we will be discussing spriggan i just want to say that i actually really enjoyed this anime i enjoyed
1: it myself I, the action was good um story building
0: was pretty cool yeah it was really cool there were definitely some plot holes that i would have liked to see but i don't think were very necessary for this show and then Hold anything back.
1: No, it this show also moved pretty quick, too. I noticed,
0: yeah, it did, and I thought it was pretty funny because this is now two weeks in a row we've gotten a show where they're using high school students to do their work, dirty work, yeah,
1: making them uh kids work for their money these days, I guess. Yeah, apparently, so
0: (laughs) child slave labor. All right, well, let's get into it. We have episode one called Flame Serpent. This episode opens up with some of some sort of spherical relic attached to some machines, and the scientist is very impressed that there's no rust or oxidation on it. There's a general-looking man named Hummingbat, member of the Machiner Platoon. He's wearing some sort of headgear like he's in Cyberpunk. The headgear <laughs> starts to glow green, And when this happens, the sphere starts to rise and starts cracking and shooting out a pink light. It bursts open and a projection of the world appears. At the same time, in another location, a time hole of some sort seemed to appear. This is where we get introduced to Spriggan. He was in search of the heat signature the wormhole was producing. The goal for the Spriggan is to recapture the relic. They clip over to Hummingbat and he's calling it a Megiddo flame. He says, the Lord has given us permission to touch the flames of heaven. At the time, I'm not exactly sure what that meant. It's like
1: he's on a mission from God, like Sodom and Gomorrah type of thing. That's yep. what I got right away. See, I didn't know anything about that. Really? Yeah, I don't know. That's the first thing that popped in my head when he brought God up touched the fires of heaven? Yeah,
0: he was definitely like a preacher, though. Yeah. The scientists were terrified and saying they need to shut it down. Once that happened, all the soldiers in the room mowed each one down. Hummingbat says this is the Lord's will, and he will purge anyone who goes against it. The head scientist asks if this is the military's orders, and the commander says he serves the Lord over the military. The activation of the Megido flame means the Lord desires a punishing hellfire. Lights start flashing, and the soldiers go to look. All they see down the hallway is one of their men standing there, but he's being held up by Spriggan. He drops the body, and the soldiers start shooting at him as he charges, and the bullets don't penetrate or bother him in the slightest. He has the ability to move quick and some mech arms that enhance his strength, speed, and defense. While the fighting is going on, we get told that the Megado flame—I don't even know how you said. What is that called? The O-O part, double O part. What do they parts? call it? I don't. I don't like, even know. I couldn't. Know. I couldn't even figure out what they That's called that. Like I don't. I couldn't uh, remember. Anyway, we'll go with the double O part. Yeah. It distorts space to create a lens in the air. Lens has a diameter of a few kilometers and gathers sunlight to create temperatures in the hundred thousands. It will scorch the earth like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. (laughs) Get out of here. At this point in time, there's only 30 minutes till dawn when it will destroy the earth. Spriggan's mission is to stop this from happening. Spriggan calls Hummingbat the bloodless preacher and Hummingbat's power is to... is, is like a... is like an supersonic wave or something like that or
1: oh gosh it's I don't remember what what it is I'd be honest with you bud I don't remember this episode very much are you fucking kidding me? no I'm not fucking kidding you that's what happens when you take two weeks <laughs> to watch a show <laughs> your notes are just on point though I feel like I'm watching the uh, TV show in my head I'm sorry. <laughs> he wrote the whole script down.
0: <laughs> anyway, Hummingbat's weapon is like an ultrasonic hand. He can use his hands to produce ultrasonic waves that distort Spriggan's ability to hear. and it actually produced enough force to knock him back. He says the ultrasonic waves are why he's called the Bloodless Preacher. These waves incite pain, causing brain interference. The closer he gets, the more painful it gets and destroys the brain. There's no need to shed blood. Megido Flame is synchronized with Hummingbat with that headset. The only way to shut it off is for Spriggan to defeat him. Spriggan shot an air pipe that knocked him back, but at the same time it also sped Spriggan up, which got him within close quarters. Hummingbat's mech arms were disabled. I don't know what it had to do with it, but the air that was being burst on him, it took the effect down for the ultrasonic waves.
1: Oh yeah, it was kind of like, it acted as an interference. Yeah,
0: so Spriggan bashed his head into the wall, and that broke off the synchronization to the Megiddo flame. Yeah. After Hummingbat and Spriggan had a little chat about his plan... Whoever is in charge of the Spriggan captured the Megiddo flame. Then we clip over to some information and an ancient civilization created their own downfall with their own advancements. They wrote a warning on a metal plate that said protect our legacy from evildoers. And this is basically the entrance to every episode. It's just explaining that the ancient civilization needs to be kept sealed.
1: Yeah, because they were... They basically had the power of the gods. Yeah, they were
0: too advanced for their own good and destroyed themselves. Yep. So then we clip over to the civilization, and Professor Yamabishi is at an airport. She hasn't been home to Japan in ten years. A man from Arkham came to the airport to pick her up, and she asks all sorts of questions to this guy that doesn't, and he doesn't know the answers to any of them, because he says he's just the driver. Mm Mm-hmm. He states that he's only there to pick her up, and she gets a call from someone asking directly for her. It's a different man from Arkham, saying the staff that was sent to pick her up is late. So, at this time, we know that this is not the man. He has to be there.
1: At that point, uh, another guy walks up
0: behind her and points a gun to her back. Yep, and he says, say a word and I'll kill you. Then they abduct her. They're trying to get out before Arkham gets there, but Spriggan is right in the way. Spriggan is a, a, actually who the driver was. Yeah. They shoot Spriggan, and he fakes being dead, but beats the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> he,
1: he kicks some ass in that part right there. Yep. Pretty quick, too.
0: Spriggan stole their car and said, this is being taken by Arkham for attempted murder. Tell your supervisors to back off. <laughs> Just nonchalantly. <laughs> no, I know. It was, <laughs> it was so easy for him. Yeah. And there was a man watching, wanting to see a Spriggan's potential, but the guys got beat so easily, they were no help at all. The superior that was watching had a demon looking hand. It was like knives on his fingers and or like a spirit. Yeah. Some sort hooked to his hand. He has some pretty good powers, too. Yeah. He did. So they're driving off, and Rea's worried about Spriggan's bullet wounds, and Spriggan tells her that he's immortal. <laughs> so, yeah, they're after Re because she's the next Champollion, and if y'all don't know, Champollion is a man that decrypted the key that would unlock Egypt's ancient past. Like that's she that, that's truly stuff. what he was known for. Yeah. So
1: basically, she's just a genius. Yeah.
0: And then we also find out that Spriggan is only 16, and this is why earlier we said that they're using high school students for their own good. Yeah, that child slave labor. Yep. <laughs> so that guy we saw with the cool-looking hands, they're actually just gloves. He's able to take them on and off, so they're another weapon. Yeah. Uh, and it's... he actually turned the parking garage into a bloodbath, and he killed his own men. Yep,
1: he did. He betrayed his own men. Yep. He has his own motives, it seems like, at no, this point in the
0: episode. He definitely did. So, the CIA and another group want to capture Rhee to reawaken the Shrine of Fire. Rhee has Arkham looking for someone she knows, but he's missing. His name is Yu, Amine. Aminayah.
1: <laughs> at least get the damn name right. <laughs> <laughs> they call him Omine
0: in the Japanese, okay?
1: Okay. They say Omine in the English one. Yeah, because English are fucking stupid. <laughs> Says the man speaking in English. <laughs> uh, again.
0: <laughs> so anyway, we're at Rhee's apartment. And somehow Spriggan shows up on the balcony and she lets him in. Stupid move. You don't let it, somebody in your back door. That's... A, has no way of getting it actually
1: yeah she's like 80 stories high oh yeah and she's like hey how'd you get up here dude and he was like ah
0: i mean we know he has abilities but she doesn't right exactly so anyway she lets him in gets him some coffee he thanks her for the coffee even though she didn't even know he was coming or how he got up that high he's questioning why she's looking for you she lost her parents at a young age, and a family member in the U.S. took her in. She was an anxious child and sad child. You was the only person that tried to cheer her up, and he was her only friend in Japan. Spriggan said to finish her job in four days, and they'll spend the rest of the time sightseeing and searching for you. The dig site thereafter is at the base of Mount Fuji. They say it's a royal tomb, but it's more likely it was used as an altar. The Miyashita scroll. Are known as the Fuji documents, documents are a record of ancient Japan written in god characters by Chinese alchemist Fu during the Qin Dynasty. Fu. They think these ruins relate to an ancient dynasty mentioned in the text. Ri's job is to decipher this new god character that they haven't seen before. So all of this took place at the lab, and now they returned back to her hotel, and the door was cracked, and two dead men were inside. A man in full armor killed them and is chasing her now. She gets in the elevator and this man jumped on top of it while it was descending. She continues down the staircase and they also have the lobby and hotel all taken over. Spriggan, of course, is there to kick everyone's ass. Da, 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 da. This group of people are like cockroaches. They keep coming back, is what you says. He, said, or Spriggan. he says, let's take this outside and <laughs> kicks this dude out the window from an upper story with him. Then all the U.S. armored foot soldiers are there to attack him. His body starts glowing with his artificial muscles and combat suit made of orcalcum.
1: And that's uh, from the ancient civilization. Yeah, it's a
0: special metal that they've never discovered in present time. Yep. They open fire and he destroys every one of them. The superior that had the gloves is there. He snapped his fingers and two of the soldiers got diced into pieces right in front of Spriggan. His name is Koichi Moroa. The SVR for the East Division, which is Russia. He wants Arkham to withdraw from the Shrine of Fire. Koichi uses his clan's secret wind beast technique, basically air blades. Even though the Spriggan dodged and stopped the wind with his mechanical super strong arms, he couldn't lay a punch on Koichi, and Koichi fled. They're heading to the tomb. The helicopter they're in got shot by a rocket by the Russians professor started falling out, and Spriggan saved her, and they parachuted down. is pissed that the people are killing over some ancient ruins. She wants to just let, give it to them, because she can't take it anymore. Spriggan is now telling her that this could give them power to destroy the world. Spriggan protects ancient civilizations from all sorts of forces and seals them. Spriggan loves the idea that all legends have a chance to be real. That's what excites him the most, and that's why he tries to protect them. The SVR is closed in on Re and Sprigan. Reed questions if they need to keep moving to beat them to the shrine. Spriggan says Arkham is protecting the shrine. He needs to stop them here. Spriggan is badass at stealth takedown too. He runs into a big brute that's the captain of the airborne troops forty fifth Guard Spetsnaz detached brigade. When he shot him, he injured himself with some liquid and pushed all the bullets out of his body. His name is Victor Stolov. (laughs) Spriggan kicked his head and snapped his neck 360 degrees, and he still got back up and popped it back around. <laughs> Golly. This is due to the Russian scientific tech. He can heal immediately. Spriggan calls him a genetically engineered junkie. Two soldiers find Ree, but Koichi also found her and chopped them up in an instant. Ree passes out. Spriggan was having a tough time dealing with Victor as he was being choked against a tree. He kneed his elbow and snapped it. Then flipped over and slammed him into the ground head first and made his head burst. D- I don't think there's any healing from the head exploding. No, I thought, he, I thought he killed him right there. He, like, DDT
1: would him straight into a, a rock. Oh,
0: yeah. So now Koichi has a professor. He makes it to the Shrine of Fire. He ignites the shrine with a sword hilt and tells her to read the god characters and summon the flame serpent. He came to, claims his clan was once the protectors of the Shrine of Fire. They are able to control Mount Fuji and limit the eruptions. His goal is to take control of the flame serpent. The SVR, SRV, I don't remember, SVR, was only a cover up for his plan. He's willing to break the ice beneath them to unleash the flame serpent with, without control, and it will destroy everyone, including her and you. He says, You is the Spriggan. Or he says, You, so the Spriggan is you. He tells her that.
1: Yeah, you, Ominaya. Yeah.
0: So she ends up reading the god character, it unleashes the flame serpent ground is all separated and surrounded by lava. Spriggan is now battling Koichi, and he has the power of fire and lava now. He can actually control it with that sword.
1: Yeah, it seems like his his family
0: was... are priests to the
1: fire temple or whatever yeah, this is? that's
0: what he said his family did. Yeah. The sword is called the Scarletite Blade. Its hardness is the same as to use armor. It can even sever his muscled armor suit. So it's actually stronger. Mm-hmm. He just sliced you across the chest and you went down. Koichi thinks that he's won, but Victor came back because he won't let Koichi win. But Koichi took him out with ye- eat with ease. And then he started going after you again to finish him off. And you used the gold looking plate to block the sword and it shattered the sword. You punches him in the face into the magma and he shuts down the flame serpent. You and Ree are both safe and Ree returned to the US. Left you a note and he was up she was upset he didn't get to take her on a date. <laughs> and that was the end of episode one.
1: I rated that a uh, the whole episode as a whole, I rated it a seven. It was a pretty good first episode. Yeah, I agree with
0: that. Yep.
1: Fight scenes could have been better. I don't know, man. I really like the fight scenes of this. I think they could have been longer. Uh, yeah, but, they, they definitely
0: could have been longer. I mean, now we know how every fight scene is going to go. Yeah, uh, a lot of action and pretty fast. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, he's pretty unbeatable. Yeah, he's OP as hell. Somebody has an upper hand on him, and he, he still pulls out. He's got the plot armor.
1: He's he's got that ability to overcome the situation really fast. It yeah. seems, and we see that in both of these fight scenes at the
0: beginning and this one. Yeah. All right, so in episode two, it's called Noah's Ark. There's a couple of guys getting propelled down into a cavern inside a mountain, and they're saying the rock walls look like flood sediments. They spot some wooden planks inside the wall of this cave, and they're amazed, stating that it's real. Flashback to you. Or, no, they clip over to you. He's actually sleeping in class. Yeah. Teacher throws a piece of chalk at you, and before he even lifts his head up, he catches it with his index and middle finger. People are giving you hell because he never shows up to school, but when he does, he's always sleeping in class. But he can't tell them he's on missions all night, so he just has to eat it and tell them he's gaming all night. So many video games. These two girls that are a part of the council at the school are trying to get him to show up the next day, and when he tells them he will, he gets a text with a mission and tells them he can't now. (laughs) They get pissed because now he's also skipping after-school activities. She starts attacking you, trying to get him to stay. He dodges all of them, all the blows, and falls out the window. She looks down, scared, and then he's saying bye as he drives off on his motorcycle. Next thing you know, you was on a plane heading for Aratat in Turkey. The Turkish government gave Arkham first dibs on an extended study of the
1: mountain. <laughs> Stupid-ass computer.
0: Three years ago, an unnatural cavern was found. When a survey team went inside, they found a ship buried in the bedrock. They found another message plate in the hull of the ship about two weeks ago. It's made from the same material as the other plate they have, but instead of a rectangular shape, this one's a triangle. It states in ancient Hebrew, Noah will bless all living beings. Noah will destroy all living beings. They don't know what this means, but their assumption is that Noah has the power to bless and destroy, and it is dangerous depending on how it is used. The survey team and and camp were attacked by some etni. Use mission is to protect the ark and survey team. If Noah's ark is dang- is a dangerous relic, then you has to seal or destroy it. The U.S. is having a meeting about you being the man on the way. Things just got more complicated for them. They're trying to figure out what to do. And some lady playing video games just said, "Don't worry. That's why our country sent us." Since it seems they're having trouble with a mere private military, these ladies name, this lady's name is Colonel McDougall. They're claiming her as the last resort. She says it doesn't matter how many spriggans show up. Her?
1: Is Colonel? It Ma- her? No, it's a boy. Oh, I thought that was a girl the whole time. Matt, nah, Colonel McDougall's a boy. Oh, I thought that was a girl. Like a young boy. Had a real girlish voice. In the, in the Japanese version? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it was a teenage boy. No, in this thing Inc- was like this. <laughs> no, he said <laughs> he's, he's like he was just going through puberty. Oh, hell no, man. This this looked like a straight-up girl to me and sounded like one. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Anyways.
0: Anyway, <laughs> he, I guess, he says that they're going to make that mountain their gravestone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yu shows up and sees some guys that he knows with the survey team, and they're more reassured now with his arrival. Someone called Yu over, and they upgraded his combat knife with a knuckle guard like he asked. It's also made of orichalcum, like his armor. It's three times harder than diamond. They also brought him an arm pad with wire anchors with an internal motor that can pull up two or three people. Perfect for a cavern mission. Armed intruders are closing in on the facility. They're coming in on snowmobiles is what it looked like to me, and they're also a part of the Machiners' Platoon. Yep. But it was actually just a part of their armor. They had stuff they could ride through the snow with ease. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They now know that the affiliation and it's the U.S. trying to steal the Ark. This guy is killing everyone with the minigun, just mowing everybody down. Poichi died in the first episode, but it seems like multiple people in this group have the ability to use these invisible wires to dice people into pieces. So he had the invisible wires, the airblade things, Yep. and now there's another guy that has it too. Yeah, it's all tech from ancient times as well. Yeah. And as soon as they're all dead, Yu shows up to fight the assassins. His buddy who just got married was one of the guys that died. He found the picture of his wife in the blood. Oh, yeah. He was about to go back and go on his honeymoon, and now yeah, he's dead. I remember that. So, Yu's absolutely livid. Yeah, he's a little heartbroken over that. Yeah. So, you was having to deal with the minigun and the Invisible Threads guy at the same time. Invisible thread. I'm calling them this because I don't know their names yet. Right, I gotcha. But Invisible Threads guy also uses a grenade launcher. You used his new wire anchors to, as a mobility advantage, and used his new knife to cut those threads that the guy was firing at him. The minigun guy came up behind him and hit him, hit him and choked him with against the ship container. And these two go by Fat Man and Little Boy. Their armor is also made of orichalcum. You was on the verge of death, and Fat Man got hit in the back by a rocket. Sprig and Jean Giacomonde was the was the one who saved him, but also called you second rate and said if he was facing him, he would have died ten times. Dude's cocky, but at least now it's a 2v2. Batman versus you and Little Boy versus John. Doesn't seem like John was all talk either. He's got some massive speed and handled Little Boy with ease. You got his job t- done too, though. Batman states just because you killed us doesn't mean you'll get off this mountain alive. John points out to you that his was still alive and you said he had some questions, so he pulled back. Jean walked over there and fired the shotgun right in his face and looked at little boy and said, you're next. Then you stopped him and said, they're not murderers, and Jean pointed the gun at you and asked him, how naive is he really? They clip over to the colonel, and she says they did their job by thinning their defenses. She says Arkham can't use the Ark because they don't have power nor the ancient writing of Noah like he does. We're talking about the... He, she, that me and Kyle debated on earlier. <laughs> McDougal. McDougal.
1: <laughs> That's such an American name, too. You think they're uh, point? They're trying to make it that obvious? <laughs> I
0: mean, obviously. Yeah, they have to. Yep. His power has something to do with electricity. You and Jean are looking at the ark with the scientists. Jean is asking why they don't punch a hole in it. And the scientist just keeps calling him an idiot because it's the same material as the plates, so nothing can penetrate it, and he realizes they're missing something to open it up. They see a child, the colonel, uh, the little boy, getting close to the facility. Little boy starts laughing, the actual little boy, the one with the wires. Uh, Yep, that's the bad guy. starts laughing and says, here comes the child with the power of the devil and tells the soldiers they won't make it out alive. The soldiers are firing, but the bullets won't penetrate the shield. The colonel has some telekinesis going on, to being able to rip blast or blast doors off the wall. The U.S. soldiers go plowing in with the colonel. You goes to confront the colonel. The colonel uses some psychokinesis attack to knock the shit out of you. The professor agrees to go with the colonel and with the key. He kicks you in the face because he wants him to survive. You blacks out. Little boy's about to kill you, and John comes in to save the day. Jean just got shot in the back, looks like he died, but he transformed into a giant beast of some sort. His body regenerates immediately, and he knocked off Little Boy's head. When John sees his own blood, he transforms into a beast. There's no stopping until he kills everyone that moves. The colonel made it to the Ark, and the professor tries to tell him he can't just do it with the key. He needs an electromagnetic pulse. The colonel used his powers, and the Ark opened up. This isn't the first time Jean turned into the beast because of you, which made me really laugh. They started discussing that this isn't the first time, and he was getting on to him for making him always do this. Yep. Seems like he always has to save you's ass. Yep. The colonel and the professor found a box that's called Noah, and the colonel was super excited. He uses the key, and the text appears in ancient Hebrew. I am the god of the sky. The one who wakes me will have the freedom to control everything on this earth. When evil runs rampant on this earth, convert heaven's blessing to the devil's blessing. The colonel says this is a system that can control, be controlled by the composition of solar radiation, by adjusting the atmosphere enveloping the earth. Noah is a terraforming is a terraforming device. Jean and you go into the ark, and there's zero gravity. As they're flying up, they see dinosaurs aboard the ship. Also animals never seen before. Experiments. Yep. Jean wants to punish all humans' mistakes, even though the Pentagon hired him to retrieve Noah, he'll use it to his own liking now that he already has the power. He's giving the professor an opportunity to help him design the new life, and the professor declined. He uses psychokinetic ability to knock out Margaret, which was the... The female uh, scientist. Yeah, she was the, like, co-scientist, I guess you Yeah, say. yep. You and John show up to battle and protect them. The Ark is now floating. His first plan is to increase Earth's temperature to start the second Great Flood. You tells John to take Margaret and the Professor out of there since his speed is the only thing that can save them. Now it's you versus the Colonel. You can't break the kinetic force field. The Colonel is snapping you's bones. He's calling himself a god now. You questions how he can call himself that after making it a genocide device. The colonel responds he still doesn't understand. Humans will destroy the Earth on their own sooner rather than later, while also doing irreversible damage. The colonel is hitting his limit with his kinetic ability. He's using it so much he's destroying his own brain. You got in his head so bad by egging him on, the colonel ended up frying himself. They stopped Noah, but the colonel has just enough in him to activate Noah's self-destruct, so now it will be wiped from this Earth. Now Noah has been completely destroyed, which is one of the missions. It's either to claim the relic or destroy the relic. Yeah,
1: that's that's gonna be the whole gist of the show, really. Yeah. is Either, either they protect- get it or
0: it's gone. Yep. As the ark was crumbling, Jean went back in and in there and saved you. He says he's so naive, but that's why he likes him. And then he claimed like, if he wouldn't have said if he wasn't there, then you would have died like five hundred times over now. <laughs> started yeah. off at 10 now it's 500 <laughs> <laughs> a little over exaggeration yeah so now we're done with that episode two we move on to episode three
1: episode three the forest of no return yeah this one was interesting to me i, I like really like this one this one this one kind of reminded me of uh <coughs> hell's paradise a little
0: bit yeah i kind of
1: got that same one that was they're going after uh Netflix's uh, info for the uh, episode is you must investigate a cursed forest and search for Soma, the mythical nectar of immortality. He teams up with unlikely allies to find the way out.
0: Basically the exact same thing. Yeah. So we get into it. You goes into a temple in search of something called Soma. It's an elixir of some sort. I think of immortality. While he's in this temple, he thinks he's so smart, not falling for a trap of removing the relic off the stone platform like he's an Indiana Jones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, a Tomb Raider named Yoshina Somei comes running down the wall with her climbing gear and snatches the relic off the platform. She looks like she's about to make it out of there, and then her rope slips from the rock wall. She falls. Yep. She, She attempted to run back up to escape the trap. She falls down where you is and they start running with the tomb collapsing you know you knows her from the past and they're bickering while running when they escape you tells her that the relic wasn't his main objective and that he's now on a mission to the forest of no return when she hears that she's when she hears that she starts annoying him to go with him and he finally caves in and allows it when they arrive to the forest they start seeing the ghouls and the monsters and use psychic blast is all that works against them and Yoshina's guns have no effect on them. They run into the corpses, or ghouls, that were from Arkham and Trident weapons development. So everyone has been after Soma, we find out. The next run into Ewao, the captain of Trident, and they and they start fighting, and they had already stated they won't work together So to escape this forest. And they get surrounded by ghouls, and they start fighting together. Mm -hmm. So they literally just stated that they weren't going to fight together. But they're obligated to. (laughs) Yeah, they have to now. They have
1: to. It's funny how that works.
0: Yeah. They start to travel together now to find a way out. Eventually they run into a dead monk, and Yoshino uses her special ability on the monk to retrieve information. The The dead can't hide anything from her, even though they don't want to tell her. They find the cursed spirit tree that she found out, through the monk and the ghouls start attacking you and ewao and Yoshino runs away to find the soma texts ewao tells you to go after her even if he knows there's a possibility of death and you chases her down and they find an even an even bigger tree and the hero king monster appears you you starts fighting and then Yoshino pulls out the text and the ghouls see the text and only go after her you realizes what's going on and tells her to throw it she throws the text to you, and he catches it and smashes it against the tree. The monster is still attacking and Yu sees the king relic still within the tree. He realizes Yoshina stole the queen relic from the tomb and he takes that from her and puts that back inside the tree where the statues are together. Then the forest curse disappears. So the only thing that needed to happen to stop this forest from being the forest of no return was reuniting the king with the
1: Yep, with the king with his
0: consort. Yep. He was so angry that he cursed the uh, forest. Yep. The king finally got his queen back that was taken from him. They return back to normal life, and Yu finds Yoshina and shows her the plant she needs from the texts to make Soma, and it's an extinct plant from thousands of years ago. He just wanted to rub it in her face that her mission was for no reason. Yep, again.
1: that she would not be able to finish it. Yep. And that brings us to the end of episode, episode three. Yep, that's right. Next episode is called Berserker. You attempts to retrieve an out of place artifact when it gets into the wrong hands. However, the enemy gets away, awakening the deadly
0: object. Yes, sir. So you was at school when he's on the phone in the bathroom with his boss at Arkham. He's telling him he needs to go on a mission. When he gets back to class, he's about to ditch early, and the student council girls are there badgering him again like they did in the earlier episodes. Well, another girl comes up and begs you to be at school on Friday, but he can't promise that. She starts crying and runs off. After that, he asks what's going on, and this girl is moving away the final week, the next week and wants one more memory with everyone in the class on the sports festival day. Yu goes on his mission, and his main goal is to take care of this and get home. They start battling in the forest on top of a mountain above an airfield. There's heavy resistance from enemy forces, but Yu wipes them out with ease by himself. They clip over to a platoon of guys discussing a plan, and they're all nervous because no one said a Spriggan would show up, and Yu is infamous. So they come up with a plan, and on top of the mountain, they ambush him. He runs away and runs to the edge of a cliff, and they blast him off. He ends up using his grappling ropes and swinging back up and taking out a few of those guys. He goes back down, he's in the airbase, and he hops on a four-wheeler while bullets are raining down on him from above. He uses his grapple ropes to hook on to the back of the plane while it's taking off, and he plants his feet on the ground to slow it down, but the rope snaps and he fails his mission. He calls to his boss and asks for a helicopter. He gets to the facility, and we meet the Lieutenant Colonel Clement, and she's fighting with the scientists that discovered the double O part, and they're pissed the military is claiming it. She doesn't care if that it's not something that public, the public needs to know about. Lieutenant Colonel starts to electroshock it and it awakens. It's a giant robot that's impenetrable and shoots lasers from all over its body. It fries everyone around and starts moving down the hallway, destroying more platoons. You walks in right after the massacre. We see the next clip of Lieutenant Colonel. She didn't die in that room. Yu starts fighting the berserker and his bullets aren't doing anything. Berserker starts firing its lasers at you. It slices his gun in half. It also was able to cut through a little bit of his armor on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. Lasers got so hot that it damaged him. You then uses a super strength and punches the Berserker off the ledge inside of the facility. And it falls to the ground, but not before hitting you with some rockets. The robot gets up and sees and hears soldiers through the wall he's next to. He burns through it and wipes the platoon out as well. Yu finds the Lieutenant Colonel and starts talking to her, trying to come up with a plan. He calls the robot an ancient weapon of war, and then calls it the Berserker, and that's where we get the episode name from. Yu knows it has a self-destruct button, and he starts rushing back, rushing, because he knows he has to get back to the school. So Yu heads out to lure the beast to the bomb shelter, and Lieutenant Colonel is tracking it and keeping him updated. Yu gets close, but someone is controlling the blast doors and letting the Berserker escape. Lieutenant Colonel goes to find who's in the control room, and it ends up being the head scientist. He shoots her. You gets the berserker into the tomb shelter, and he starts shooting the air pipes. The berserker starts shooting lasers at him, but you knows the lasers are weak with steam. So he grabs his knife from its head and ends it. The berserker starts its self destruct. You starts running. It blows, but you didn't make it out of the last blast door. We thought died, cause he died because all you could see is his helmet on the ground and Lieutenant Colonel crying for him. Well, he's alive, and he got into the maintenance hatch. Lieutenant Colonel passes out from the wound, but you got her to the hospital. She's alive, and her boss comes in and tells her it was a terrorist attack, not an ancient relic. And she rips her pins off and throws them in the trash. You makes it to the event late, but he's in the last leg of the relay, and he starts blazing past everyone, even though he stayed, he started last, and he barely catches up, and he starts tripping. He trips over the finish line and finishes first. His classmate was super happy, and so was he. And that brings us to the end of Episode 4.
1: Next is Episode 5, The Crystal Skull. Tragedy strikes when Professor Kawahawa (laughs) tries to protect (laughs) an ancient artifact more potent than a nuclear bomb. In response, a vengeful you heads to
0: Egypt. They open up with multiple men were dead in an alleyway. And an old man running away with a briefcase to open this episode up. The man ended up getting killed, and we found out it was the professor or archaeologist looking for the 00 part crystal skull. <laughs> the skull had more power than an atom bomb. I don't remember what the name of the group after him was, but they're Nazis at heart. You got sent to Alexandria, and the first place he visited was the memorial of the archaeologist. His daughter ended up walking up to you, asking if she knew him. He said he worked for Arkham, and she was immediately heated. She doesn't like Arkham because her father used to be a family man and a respectable archaeologist, but once he got involved with Arkham, that was no more. He became obsessed with trying to find the skull. After his wife died, he didn't even come home. He went back to researching. Anywho, Yu went directly to the captain captain's office to get the skull back. He walks in, and the captain is sitting in the in the chair and there's a big brute of a man called Bo, and a long-haired man named mirage standing there guarding him the skull is on the desk you tells him he'll be taking that and mirage throws a knife at him but you dodges it you goes in and Bo steps in the, steps in and knocked him back saying that he's going to be fighting him Bo has some big muscles with a massive amount of speed you struggled a bit to keep up, but a voice in his head told him exactly where he was coming from, so he took the advantage and knocked him back into a wall and then wrapped a wire around his neck. Then Mirage uses his chi to fuck up you's organs. <laughs> I mean, he fucked did Oh yeah, he could have killed him. Yep. He gets hit again and flies out the window. Luckily enough, the professor's daughter was there with the jeep to pick him up and run away. She takes him back to her place and bandages him up, and you gets a text to follow the trucks. The daughter gives him no choice other than to take him, take her along. They stake them out in the desert, and the Nazis power power up the skull, and it launches a light across the sky, and it hits 30 kilometers outside of Alexandria. You just see a giant mushroom cloud go up in the air. The whole city saw it and was on the news everywhere. Scientists were at the scene trying to figure out what caused this. The captain starts talking about the tale of Alexander the Great finding symbols of an ancient civilization leading to the skull. He explains it was used in the lighthouse as the light, but during the war it was used to take out ships trying to invade. We clip over to an auditorium with the captain explaining and showing the power they have in their hand to his, to his sponsors, and they're all happy in supporting him. Well, you is sitting back there, and as soon as he speaks, Mirage and Boer on the sides of the aisle where you is. Yu pulls out the pistol and points it at the back of the sponsor's head, talking about if he doesn't hand over the skull, he'll shoot the sponsor, and the captain will lose his funding. Hans walks in and he has the professor's daughter with him and a knife to her throat because the dumbass wanted to try to sneak in. He drops the weapon and the captain tells Hans he can have her and chop her up. Bo didn't seem okay with that and Mirage definitely wasn't. Mirage attacks Hans with his chi and we find out that Mirage is really named Aboro. And undercover Spriggan. Bo starts fighting with Oboro. The Nazis start running away with the skull. Hans starts running away scared. Yu chases after Hans and he catches up in the hallway. Hans tries to defend himself and Yu kicks his arm against the wall and breaks it. Hans starts giving up, begging for his life, and Yu kicks him through the window. Yu jumps out and gets into the Jeep and the daughter with the daughter, and they're after the Nazis. Oboro is fighting with Bo and Bo thinks he's too quick. Then Oboro just sticks out his leg and trips him through the window. They're outside, and Bo used the Pokemon move agility <laughs> and made multiples of himself and then Oboro copied him and that, did the same thing. Bo is befuddled because it took him over it took him forever to master that. Then Oboro puts his palm on Bo's head like he's going to use his chi in his in his head and then Bo admitted defeat and Oboro walks off the captain tells his men to open fire in the city at you and his men are hesitant, but but they do it anyway. Yu gets pissed because bystanders get caught in the crossfire. They move the chase to the desert, and then the men run out of ammo. And the captain orders them to fire the skull. The, me- the men are hesitant again. They start powering it up, and Yu finds a grenade and uses a super strong muscle to launch at them. It knocks the skull and blows up the truck. The skull powers down while it's in the sand, and Yu picks it up. The captain is trying to limp away, and a boro is already there. He walks up to the captain as he's calling him a traitor and he launches his chi into his chest and cut the chi to the captain's heart. You thinks his methods are still cruel. We found out Yu's parents were Oboro's friends. You and Oboro start bickering because Oboro hit him too hard in the captain's office and you thinks that he could have done it a lot lighter. Then we clip back to school and you is getting badgered by the girls again. He's sleeping. We find out a new hop permanent sub is coming and it's the daughter of the professor she walks in and wakes you and looks really happy to see him she applied at arkham to continue her father's work and they told her she could still teach so they pointed her in the direction of you school because it's funded by arkham now they get to continue their friendship with... with friendship that was a good ending though for that one yeah i
1: thought it was a good ending as well i thought i liked how uh mirage came out to be uh... Use teacher basically yeah. undercover. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I like how they intertwine all these other spriggans with him. Because mm-hmm. at first, I didn't believe that there were any other spriggans. Yeah, I, thought I thought it was it, just him. I thought he was the only one, too. Yeah. And I like how, even though, like in that episode, I really liked how the teacher hated her father's job. Mm-hmm. And now at the end of it, she wants to continue his work because she found out that he really was doing something good. Yeah, he
1: he was. Protecting she, like the he, world, he can't tell
0: his own family what his mission mm-hmm. is either. But once she finds out what the actual good he was doing, she started to admire him in a way. Yeah,
1: she resented him a lot yeah. when she, when he first got with Arkham. And towards the end, she, she, uh, she appreciated his work more.
0: I really did like that episode a lot,
1: though. I did too. I like the, the crystal skull we me of Indiana Jones. It was just like <laughs> fucking Indiana Jones. It was just a little more action, I think.
0: Yeah. It's pretty funny, though, because they had the... the What was the Indiana Jones... Raiders of the Tomb, was that the one? Where they had the ball that was rolling after yeah, them. Like yeah. They had an episode in the forest one. Yep, yep. And now they've got the desert one, just like Indiana Jones, too. Yep. It's like they're following the same path.
1: Yep. Uh, definitely... I can see the similarities. Yep. It's pretty funny. And that brings us to the end of episode five. Episode six, the Forgotten Kingdom. Yu calls on an old friend to help investigate an eerie island appearing intermittently on an empty ocean.
0: Upon arriving, Yu must face his past. So this episode opened up with a space station looking down on a giant storm over the sea. It was putting off a giant magnetic field. As soon as they look through the eye, they see an island that disappeared 40 years ago. They clip over to the captain of you. I can never remember his name. I never wrote it down, but it's his captain, the guy that orders him around. And he's waiting on a dock. Yamamoto. Okay. Director Yamamoto. Okay. Yamamoto. There you go. <laughs> he's waiting on a dock, and this research crew is coming off their vessel, and the leader looks like a biker gang dude. His name is Special Advisor Foster. You skirts up on his bike, and he knows this Foster guy. They get on the ship, and they start heading towards the island. We learn the island only stays for 10 hours at a time from what they've learned and studied. Next comes Yoshina Somei, flying in from the sky on a fan glider. She crash lands on you, crash lands, and Yu isn't happy to see her, but Foster seems to take a liking to her because of her spunk, and lets lets her join. They get into a sea battle with Randall H. Driscoll, and Yu seems a little intimidated. On this crew is a man named Bowman. They're fighting in all the research ves- on the research vessel, and all they can do is use the laser cannon to disable the incoming missiles. So they're about to run out of energy, and they crank on the super boosters, and U takes over. He starts heading right for a missile, guessing and hoping that it was the pop-up missile. He was correct, and it went over the top of them. If the ship didn't have the super boosters on it, it would have sunk them. They flew right underneath it. Next, they started driving towards the enemy battleship. They use the laser cannons to shoot right at their engines since they recharged. They get away, and they're driving through the heavy fog, and the island pops up right in front of them. They're on the island, and they decide to climb the pyramids first. They notice a hole in one of the pyramids and question if someone had been there before them because it looked like C-4 blew blew it up. They head down and find all sorts of missing ships and aircrafts. One of the ship's sides blows up and a bunch of giant stone warriors come out of it. They're the guardians of the island and the crew is struggling to defeat them, but Yu takes them out like it's a cakewalk. Yonish- Yoshino disappeared just like she did in episode 3 because she's selfish and wants the relic to herself. She comes across a dead body and then sees a suitcase not too far. She gets into it and finds a relic that looks like a necklace. She puts it on and to hide it and she gets a vision. She can see the pyramids are what is causing all the trouble. Flips back to you, trying to find her, and Bowman is there attacking him from a distance. You is on the run and then hides. Near him was a radio, and he recognizes the voice. Bowman comes out and starts the knife battle, and we find out that it's the best Spriggan that trained you when he first became a Spriggan. He gets the upper hand on you and has, has the blade to his throat, and Yoshino starts firing the submachine gun at him, he gets him away from you, but he's right back on him, holding him as hostage. Yoshino tells what's going on, what's going to happen to them because of the necklace, and Bowman has the idea to cease fire until they can figure this out. Bowman recognizes a plane and knew it carried a bomb. They go on, and sure enough, it's there. There's something wrong with it, so Bowman has to fix it up and be able to use it on the pyramid. While fixing it up, Yu is having a flashback to his training days with Bowman. Now Bowman is done, and Yoshino says she's going to get off the island now, and Bowman says he can't let that happen and takes her hostage and demands the necklace. She says no, but Yu walks up and tells her to just do it. She doesn't Yu tells her to run away. Yu tells her to run and she doesn't want to without him, but Yu tells her that his job is a spriggan, he can't do that. So he starts fighting with Bowman. Yu looks like he's holding back because he he's his old sensei. But Bowman tells him to do his duty as a spriggan. Yu starts taking it seriously and even uses his own speed moves against him and stabs him through the heart. As he's falling, Yu catches him and asks him why he quit Arkham. Bowman responds, you'll understand one day Arkham isn't always right, and then tells Yu to only do what he thinks is right. Then he thanks him and tells him and shows how grateful he was to have a student like Yu. He passes away and Yu breaks down screaming. He walks to the ledge of the pyramid in a daze looking over the storm and Yoshino is on a boat at the bottom yelling his name and snaps him out of it. They get away back on the research vessel, and the island blows up. Yoshino asks where the relic is, and you told her he left it on the island, and she gets pissy and, and walked out with a lot of treasure anyway from one of the ships. The episode ends with them staring at the view of the bright sky. After the E.D., we see a clip of the next season, and it's going to be an assassin getting a mission to kill you. But this guy, he shows up at his school.
1: Wait a minute, I didn't see that part. Yeah, you gotta watch the EDs. I always tell you, watch the OPs and the EDs, and you never fucking oh, do. Oh my god, this fucking guy. Come
0: on, man. I didn't see that. Yes. Yeah, so this guy gets a mission that he needs to kill you. And the next thing next thing you see is he's in you school uniform at his school, and those student council girls are walking by him, asking him, talking about him. Oh,
1: uh,
0: okay. I didn't see
1: that part. That makes me want to go... That makes the whole last episode that much better. Yeah. I didn't think... For a for last episode,
0: I didn't think it was the greatest. I liked it because they brought in you, Sensei. like The guy that trained him was his right, enemy. I, I get that. That's cool.
1: That's awesome. But my thing is, where was the character building? We didn't know who he was until this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had no idea. But the thing is, you wouldn't talk about him because... He thought he retired. That's what he told him. I got you. He told him he retired, but really, he's working for the enemy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there would be no reason to bring him up and from you's point of view. I got you. He thought he was just done. And then he runs into him randomly because he recognizes his voice and this dude's trying to fucking kill him. I got you. I don't know. I just didn't like it because I was just like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? yeah i mean he was a total badass though, Oh, man. yeah definitely was yeah they said that he was the best spriggan with a blade yeah like he had the best blade work he had massive amounts of speed yeah he uh
1: he's definitely a badass i i did like how when he was fighting you he was kind of mentoring him yep. as they were fighting you know what i mean he was still teaching him yeah he was like you, you ta- know how to yeah. do this. And he was taunting him at the same time, yeah. too, which is, which was pretty cool. He was pushing him to be
0: better. Yeah. And he was actually, I think he was wanting him to kill him because he wanted to die by the hand of his student.
1: Yep. Yeah, he said he was happy at the end. Yeah.
0: When he died. Yeah. So, all in all, it,
1: for a whole series, the whole one season, I, I'd give it a,
0: a, a six and a half. I gave this one a seven. Seven. Yeah, this was actually a really good show to me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I really enjoyed the fights and the backstories between you and the side characters. I wish we could have had more detail about you's childhood and his parents also being Spriggins, but I don't think the plot hole of his past is very important in this anime. So I'm not basing the rating off of that. I gotcha. I like, that. But I like this is a knowing your taste. This, if I watched this before we did this, this is an anime that I would have recommended to you. Yep. Like I know that this falls right in yep. your. Action packed yeah. and Adventurous. Yeah, and this I is something it. that I would have I would recommend this to anybody that likes action I, shows.
1: I, I I would this is six <coughs> out of six and a half out of ten I would recommend for sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's a pretty good rating though. Yeah. It it I like the uh
1: the Indiana Jones twist type thing to Yeah, it, I like it I knew as control. soon as I
0: saw the tomb and I saw that relic sitting there. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I I thought it was going to be a boulder chasing after him like in the movie, but it was just collapsing. Yep. And then the desert thing again, the crystal skull, fell right in place with it too. Yep. I agree.
1: I liked it. It was definitely good.
0: Yep. I was good with that show. I would definitely recommend it to other people too if you like the (laughs) action-packed stuff. If not, probably not for you.
1: Anyways... Anyway, what do we got for our uh, next random anime?
0: So, for next week, we have a movie. We're going to be watching Your Name, streaming on Crunchyroll and Funimation. The mouse score is 8.85. And it's made by Comix Wave Films. This movie was released in 2016. So it's pretty new. Yeah, Relatively new.
1: Animation already from the cover art looks yeah, we're looking at uh,
0: hundred and six minutes. So, that ain't bad. Hour you know, and a half. Yeah, yeah. Hour and hour and forty six minutes. Yeah. So. That ain't too bad. Yeah. Alright, well, we will see you guys next week. Thank you guys for joining us. Okie okay, anime, anime out. out.